There is a subject that is often neglected when one does a series on the family, and that is the subject of singleness, of being single. We often leave out singles, and singles could come in a number of categories, those who have never married, those who were married and now are divorced, or it could be those who are widowed. But regardless of the situation, there are many singles in a church like ours, and uh, people who are not married, and I know it's been difficult for them to listen to these messages. It has to be difficult. I would think so too, Pastor Steve. I don't think I would do very well as a single person. Yet, many people who are single enjoy being single. Welcome to Verse by Verse. Our teacher is Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been ministering and teaching since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. As usual, we'll be breaking Pastor Steve's message into three parts. And these three parts will conclude Pastor Steve's series of lessons on the biblical family. I hope you have your Bible with you. We'll be looking at various passages in both the Old and New Testaments as Pastor Steve explores this important subject of biblical singleness. Now, here's Pastor Steve. Well, this morning we have come to our final message on the series dealing with the family, the biblical family. And during this series, we have examined a number of key biblical issues related to the family. We looked at the foundation of marriage from Genesis chapter 2, that marriage is for our benefit, it's for our good. We saw in that message that marriage also is permanent. That's the way God designed it. But we also saw that sin can damage and does damage a marriage. So we laid the foundation with that message. Then we spoke about good, healthy communication, and that is the key to marriage. Communicating in a healthy way of honesty and, uh, and speaking the truth in love and so forth. Then one week, actually a few weeks, we looked at the responsibilities of a husband and the responsibilities also of a wife. One week we looked at marriage and money, the biblical principles of finances, because we know that pressure, deep pressure, serious pressure can come from having financial problems in a marriage. And then for a few weeks we looked at biblical parenting, focusing on Ephesians 6.4, that parents are to bring up their children in the discipline of the Lord, the instruction of the Lord, and the burden being upon fathers. And we spoke about that. But there's still one more subject that we need to uh, cover. And uh, once we do this, we're going to put a, a tape album together. In a few weeks, we should have that available for you. So I hope that you'll consider getting that and listening to it again and maybe passing it on to someone else. But there is a subject that is often neglected when one does a series on the family, and that is the subject of singleness, of being single. We often leave out singles, and uh, singles can come in a number of categories, those who have never married, uh, those who were married and now are divorced, or it could be those who are widowed. But regardless of the situation, there are many singles in a church like ours, and uh, people who are not married, and I know it's been difficult for them to listen to these messages. It has to be difficult. It has to be dif difficult for you to hear message after message about the family because uh, many of our singles yearn to be married. And these messages are just hard reminders to them that they are not married and they don't have their own spouse and their own children. And so this morning, we want to focus on the biblical perspective of 
singles. And I want to stress and emphasize that concept of the biblical perspective because there's much that's being said today in the context of singleness that uh, has absolutely nothing to do with the Bible. It's not biblical. It's rather flaky teaching. And uh, we want to see what the Bible has to say because the scriptures give us helpful uh, helpful things to uh, uh, to just relieve some of the tension that some singles feel in their situation. Relieve some of the pressures that singles often experience. What are some of the pressures? For example, uh, there is the attitude of some people that if you're single and you're getting into your mid-twenties and older, uh, and if you're still single, there must be something wrong with you. There must be something uh, abnormal about you. Are you sexually normal? That type of thing. Now, maybe they don't put it in quite that terminology, but the singles get the, that attitude. What, what's wrong with you? What haven't you found a nice young man or a nice young lady? There must be something hidden that we don't know. That's a subtle pressure. Uh, parents can put pressure on their children to get married because parents want grandchildren, and those years are fleeting for you to have children, so uh, find someone quickly before we die. That kind of attitude. Also, the church, quite frankly, tends to send a, uh, a strong message about singles by uh, emphasizing so much the family. That's not wrong to emphasize the family, certainly, but it is wrong to emphasize the family and neglect singles. Not really paying much attention to the needs of its singles. There are books and messages and conferences on the family. And uh, while there's some now being done on singles, and most of us don't know about it, nor do many of us care about it. And that's a message we send to singles. Just care about having our needs met and not concerned about theirs. There are also pressures that uh, singles tend to inflict on themselves because they don't know what the Bible says about singleness or they don't apply what the Bible says. For example, uh, here's a pressure that singles can put on themselves. Marriage is God's best for everyone. If I'm single, it's second best. And there are some singles who, who feel that way, and they feel that uh, they, they just cannot live a fulfilled life unless they're married. They put that pressure on themselves. God never does, but they do. Or, if I was only married, I'd be content. My problems of loneliness and sexual frustration would go away if I was married. Well, that's really not what the Bible says. There are a lot of married couples who are not content, who are quite lonely and sexually frustrated. But what happens, if, when you put that kind of pressure on yourself, you become a prisoner of your situation. It's if only I was married, not content with what I am. Always longing for something in the future, never really content with what you have now. Other pressures. I'm destined to be lonely until I'm, until I'm married. Uh, that's not true. The Bible never teaches that. Or fear of the future. Um, for, for ladies, they might think I'm getting past my childbearing years. And, and what about financial security? I don't have it. And who's going to take care of me? If, if something should happen to me, if my health gives out or when I'm old, that's a pressure that they put on themselves. Now, these, and, and there are many other kinds of battles like these that singles face, but the Bible, and here's the good news, the Bible offers hope. And the Bible offers hope because the Bible has answers for these battles and answers for these struggles. Now, before we look at some of these answers, 
I just want to address those who are married because you may think, well, this isn't relevant for me. Well, listen, first of all, the singles have sat through all the relevant stuff for you for a number of weeks. But secondly, uh, it is relevant for married people because someday you may not be married. That's right. Someday you may be single. I don't know the situation that may face you, but you may be single, so you ought to listen. Secondly, you know singles, and you ought to be able to give them godly advice and know what the Bible says as they're going through struggles. So this is very relevant for you, even if it doesn't fit your unique situation right now. We want to look at three biblical issues related to singleness. The first issue, and most important in the foundation, is the biblical teaching about singleness. The Bible has answers, and the Bible addresses the issue of singleness in two ways. Number one, it presents the examples of godly single adults who live fulfilled lives that honor the Lord, just by way of telling us that there were men and women in biblical times that lived godly lives that were used greatly of the Lord, ought to tell us that singleness is fine. And God uses single people, and it's not being a second-class citizen in God's kingdom. For example, let me just give you some of the men and women who uh, prove to us that uh, singleness is fine, and, and you can lead a very useful, wonderful life. Uh, Joseph, before he married, obviously, but Joseph is an example of a man who did not succumb to sexual temptation. Remember, Joseph went down into Egypt and... Uh, the Egyptian's wife was after him to lie with her. And day after day, he resisted her. And finally, she just lied and said, the man, went, uh, he tried to rape me. Yet the Bible says that Joseph kept his integrity. Joseph lived in purity and walked with the Lord despite difficult circumstances, despite the fact that he could have had a sexual relationship with her. He did not. I think Joseph is a tremendous example. How about Daniel? Government leader, great man of God. There are very few people like Daniel. How about Hagar, who was a single mother who God took care of? That was Sarah's maiden. Hagar. How about Naomi, an older widow who followed the Lord? And then there was her daughter-in-law, Ruth, a young single woman, a young widow who was committed to the Lord God. And then there was Elijah who was single and took on all the prophets of Baal. And, and, you know, Elijah lived in a time where not many people followed the Lord in Israel. And yet Elijah was one of the few who followed the Lord God. I see we have a lot of good examples from the Old Testament. What about the New Testament, though? Well, Pastor Steve will get to that in just a minute. There are many examples of godly single people in the New Testament. Before he does, though, we want to pause and welcome you if you've just tuned in. You're listening to Verse by Verse, and we're glad to have you here for this Bible class. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, is our teacher. Verse by Verse Ministries grew out of his teaching ministry there at Lakeside. We hope it helps you to live a joyful, victorious life with a vibrant, loving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you would like more information about Verse by Verse Ministries, or if you'd like to listen to this broadcast again, we invite you to visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. There's biographical information about Pastor Steve, a way to subscribe to our free podcasting service, 
and other features that you might want to investigate. That web address once again is versebyverseradio.org. I see by the clock that our break time is about over. Let's get back to the classroom. Here's Pastor Steve with the rest of today's teaching. In the New Testament, we often fail to remember the example, specifically that Jesus was single. If no other person in the Bible was single, Jesus being single ought to tell you that God does not consider singleness to be anything bad. Then there was Paul who was single, and we know that specifically from 1 Corinthians 7-8, which says, Paul wrote, But I say to the unmarried and to widows that it is good for them if they remain even as I. So Paul was single. Most people believe he probably was married, and I would, I would tend to agree with them uh, for a few reasons. Uh, for one thing, as you go through 1 Corinthians 7, you see that he puts himself in the category of those who were once married. He speaks of widows, and uh, we don't have time to go through everything here, but the context would seem to indicate that. Secondly, he was a member at one time of the Sanhedrin, the ruling religious body in Israel, and uh, historians tell us that to be a member of the Sanhedrin, you had to be married. So Paul most likely was married, but as a Christian, he was not. So he had his whole ministry of serving Christ as a single. Also, one woman that I think we neglect, I'd like you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Uh, here's a terrific woman who serves as an example for all singles about usefulness. This woman was named Anna. Anna, and she was a prophetess. Luke chapter 2, verse 36 tells us, in the context of this, the, the Lord's uh, mother and his stepfather, Joseph and Mary, brought him to the temple when he was an infant to be uh, dedicated, to be presented to the Lord. And there they meet Anna. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with the husband seven years after her marriage. So she was married for only seven years. And then as a widow to the age of 84. She was only married for seven years and now she was 84. So most of her life has been lived as a widow. She, she never remarried. And she, it says, and she never left the temple serving night and day with fastings and prayers. Now here's a woman who, uh, who lived most of her life as a widow, as a single woman, and yet she lived in dedication to the Lord and served him night and day. Tremendous example. And we need to also keep in mind that the friends of, of Christ, Martha and, and Mary, and their brother Lazarus, they were single adults. And when Jesus got together with them in Bethany, those were four single adults having a nice time. Timothy also was, was single. And so the, both the Old and New Testaments are full of the stories of single people. These people are not presented as second-class citizens, as spiritually inferior to married people or as oddballs who didn't fit into society, or oddballs who didn't fit into God's plan, and God's best for a useful life. The Bible never presents them like that. So, the first way that God uh, deals with the issue of singleness is through the examples. But secondly, God also has some direct teaching in his word about the subject of being single. So let's turn to Matthew 19 for that. We look at Matthew 19, and we see something very important about what Jesus said. Matthew 19, 
In verse 3 it says, And some Pharisees came to him testing him and saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause at all? Now they wanted to test him. They wanted to uh, put him to the test so they could uh, they could show that he wasn't what he said to be. And so their motives are not good. They're not looking for uh, marital counseling here. They're looking to trap the Lord. And they want to know about divorce and what's the issue there and what's the grounds. And and Jesus answered, and, and his answer was to show God's design, God's purpose and design for marriage and the high standards he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And he said, For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. He took him right back to Genesis. They wanted to go to the law. He took him back to before the law. Consequently, he said, They are no more two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. They said to him, I mean, they didn't want to hear that. They said to him, why then did Moses command, and they made a mistake, Moses never commanded the divorce, but they said that. Why then did Moses command to give her a certificate and divorce her? And he said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses permitted you, he corrected them, to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it has not been so. Because of sin, God allowed it, but that's not his divine uh, sovereign intention. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for immorality and marries another commits adultery. So our Lord hit them hard. Our Lord gave them the high standards of, of marriage. And that's not our purpose to go into that right now. However, this blew the disciples away. because They had never heard anything like this. They had never uh, heard or been raised in a culture that taught that, you, that marriage is forever if there's adultery, there are grounds for divorce. Don't, they don't have to be divorced, but uh, the only biblical grounds for divorce would be adultery. They had not been taught that. The rabbis taught that if you didn't like what your wife did, you can divorce her basically for anything. She looked cross-eyed at you one morning. You could divorce her. And that's their environment. That's their, their upbringing. And uh, they, they were blown away by that. They were startled. By that, This was new to them, and so look what their response is, and this is what I want you to see. The disciples said to him in verse 10, If the relationship of the man with his wife is like this, it's better not to marry. Now, they understood what Christ was saying. They understood. In other words, if the standards of marriage are so high, then it's better not to marry at all. They felt that singleness was a better option than getting stuck in a bad marriage. Because you're stuck all of your life. That's their understanding, and they were right in terms of uh, what they understood the Lord to, to say. By the way, that's the way a lot of people look at marriage today. A lot of singles look at that. They look at bad marriages. They look at marriages that are uh, continually in conflict, and they say, listen, I'd rather have the struggles with being single than, be, uh, than live with someone like that and be in a torturous situation until they remain single. So, uh, the Lord's disciples were basically saying the same thing. They're saying, better to be lonely and single than to be married and have it rotten. Now, the question is, is singleness better than being married? Is singleness better? For some, yes, but not everyone. And our Lord answered this in verse 11. Basically, the disciples are saying, uh, a question, if the relationship of a man with his wife is like this, isn't it better not to marry, Lord? 
it's better not to marry, right? And the Lord says in verse 11, but he said to them, not all men can accept this statement, but only those to whom it has been given. In other words, only some people can embrace this truth about singleness being better than married life because only some people have been given the capacity to handle it. Our Lord was affirming that singleness is better than marriage for some, not for everyone, for some. And then Jesus gave three categories of people who can lead successful single lives. Not everybody can lead a successful single life. Verse 12, for there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, and there are also eunuchs uh, who made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He who is able to accept this, let him accept it. Why? Because not everybody can accept this. Now, what does he mean? There are three categories he gives of single people who can handle being single. Number one would be eunuchs from birth due to congenital uh, congenital defect uh, that, that affects sexual capacity and desire. These people would not get married. They are single. It's a, a physical thing. Secondly, they were man-made eunuchs, and that's physical too, only they had this uh, uh, put upon them. They were physically castrated men. It was a pagan custom uh, to do this, to please their gods. These men were often chosen to serve as keepers of the harem because they didn't have desires for women. And so it would be safe for them. Uh, so this is a physical thing, the first two. One they had no choice in. The second uh, they also had no choice in. It was placed upon them by others. But then the third category would be eunuchs for the kingdom's sake. Now, unlike the first two categories, there is nothing physical about this form of singleness. That's pagan. The other, the, the second form is pagan, about being castrated. It's mutilation. It's pagan. It's condemned in scripture. It's wrong. But these people voluntarily decided to stay single and not marry for the sake of God's kingdom. God gave them the gift of being single and being able to handle life as a single adult, even though they could get married and fulfill all the sexual responsibilities within marriage. So those are the three categories. Now, that's all Jesus said. Our Lord just touched on this. He just alluded to this. And and he said, basically, it's a gift that some people have. And if they have it in their unique situation, it's better for them to remain single and not get married. That's what the disciples said. Then it's better. Jesus said, you're right if you have this gift. And that's all he said. But it's the Apostle Paul who some years later in 1 Corinthians 7 expands on what our Lord said and clarifies what our Lord said. We will need to wait until our next broadcast for that passage in 1 Corinthians. We're out of time today, so I hope you'll be back next time for the continuation of this message on biblical singleness. Even though the main topic is directed at singles, perhaps you married listeners were as challenged as I was. I want to make my marriage something that would not make observers think that marriage is a miserable existence. And if you're not married, maybe today's class has encouraged you to look for satisfaction in your present state. Be sure to listen next time because Pastor Steve will be sharing three great advantages that the Bible says single people have. If you'd like to listen to this message of biblical singleness all at once, it's available on a CD. You can order it by calling 727-441-1714. 
Please leave your name and a number, and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. You can also listen to this program again by pointing your web browser to versebyverseradio.org. The website again is versebyverseradio.org. Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Lakeside operates one of the finest Christian schools around. If you are looking for a school that seeks to fully prepare your children for life, grades K-5 through 12 are taught. Check it out at lakesidechristianschool.org. That's lakesidechristianschool.org. Verse by Verse Ministries is a faith ministry which depends on the prayers and gifts of interested people who have first been supportive of their local church. Please come back again for our next class. Until then, may God bless you richly. Thank you.